There's an organization called Med Global, and they sent five volunteer physicians to be part of the World Health Organization's emergency medical teams to Gaza. One of them was a doctor on the south side of Chicago, Dr. Thayer Ahmad, who is the global health director and assistant program director for emergency medicine at Advocate Christ Hospital. And he joins us now on WGN. Doctor, welcome back. Thank you for having me. You were there for a better part of two weeks, huh? Uh, almost three weeks, yes. January 5th through the 25th. Was yeah. that long your goal, like when the war broke out? Did you think, I will need to find a way over there? Or was it kind of random that this popped up? Well, you know, to be honest with you, I'm also um, a you know, Palestinian. Uh, I was born at Cook County Hospital and raised in the south side of Chicago, but my parents came to Chicago in the 80s um, from Palestine. And so when this all broke out, I mean, it was uh, just very personal for me. And But, you know, I went with four other doctors, uh, three of whom are based in Chicago. And I think, you know, everybody in the international humanitarian space was just watching from afar and really wanting to be able to do something. Um, by the time it was, you know, uh, the time for us to go, we were only the second or third medical delegation that was able to get into the Gaza Strip. So people... Right have not been able to get in. They just have not had access to the area. Yeah, I'm kind of amazed that as early as January 5th, you had access to that place. What was it like getting in there? I mean, it was a scene out of a World War II movie. I mean, there were uh, people everywhere, tent city at the border between Egypt and Gaza. Um, there was no electricity. Um, so, you know, we arrived right in the right as it was uh, uh nighttime and so um you just kind of are in this bus and the headlights of the bus are the only lights in the area and you just see tons and tons of people and and tents everywhere and you could hear overhead i mean just uh, f-16s and 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 bombing and so right away it was a very intense uh, sort of scene that we arrived at and that would be on the south side then of the gaza strip is that right right exactly i the mean area. we just showed up yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that was the area to which Israel said you must go because the invasion started on the north. But as recently as as early, if you will, as January 5th. And I know this isn't news. We know the story. In fact, shells were falling in in the southern part of that strip as well. Yeah, that's exactly right. In fact, um, we were I was deployed or tasked with going to Nasser Hospital, which is in Khan Yunis, which is in the south of the Gaza Strip. Um, but that was the center of the military operation while we were there. And so um, while we were working inside of the hospital, we were sleeping at the hospital, and there were you know bombs raining all around us, tank shells. And so it was really, really a tough uh, environment to work in, and we were seeing a lot of people being injured by these strikes. Yeah, I want to talk to you about that, but just as we are on this one point, the reason that the shells were falling near hospitals and sometimes even in the south is because, according to Israel, that's where military operations by Hamas were coming out of. Was that your experience? Did you notice that? Or what do you think about that assertion? No, I mean, you know, that's at least from my experience, what we were seeing is these areas were very densely populated with internally displaced people. Um, you know, whether there were military activities taking place there or not, I mean, it was it would be tough for me to say, um, but I can say that the overwhelming amount of people seemed to be displaced from the north and were families, and there were a lot and a lot of kids. And so I would uh, I would challenge that, and I would, you know, I would say that prior to any sort of thing that was happening in this area, I think it would be especially important to clarify and be as clear as possible with any sort of evidence 
only because of the amount of people that were there, especially the amount of children that you saw running around. Our understanding is that half of the dead and wounded are women and children, and the population is famously very young as well in Gaza. What did you do then on a daily basis for the few weeks? Yeah, Yeah, so I'm an emergency medicine physician, and essentially um, what we were doing is we were working in the emergency department alongside many of our colleagues who were a part of the Gaza um, healthcare worker force, and they had been working around the clock for about 120 days, Um, And so we got right to work. Um, We were seeing many of the injured. And, you know, those statistics, you know, they they definitely we experienced them firsthand. A lot of kids and a lot of women were being uh, injured and killed. And we were seeing waves and waves of patients coming through the emergency department and just trying to stabilize and heal as as best as we could. And so uh, myself, as well as a general surgeon from UIC, Um, and a critical care doctor as well who uh, works in the south side of Chicago and a retired pediatrician who worked in the southwest suburbs. And so we had to, you know, we really had to get in there right away. We did not have a single day of kind of adjusting or orientation. So you went into the, so you got there, landed, dropped your bags, you went into the operating room. What kind of injuries, did you you just sort of, I, I imagine this, you're just standing there, you do the best you can, almost triage, Another patient, another patient. I imagine it was almost like a conveyor belt. Was it or just talk to me about that? Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, what would happen is you get these sort of bursts of people coming through the uh, emergency department. So you would hear the bombing. You hear intenseness. You hear the the hospital shake. You feel like the windows are going to break. And then 15 minutes or 20 minutes later, you have this mass casualty event. 20 or 25 people are being brought in by their family members. And we were treating patients on the floor. We didn't even have hospital beds anymore. I mean, that's how overwhelmed the system was. And, you know, if you're talking about supplies or antibiotics, all of these things are in short supply. There'd be days where you didn't have any um, thing to work with. And so that's really kind of what you're doing. You're triaging. That's the best way to put it. You're trying to assess what can I do? What can I do that has the best impact in this particular situation? And so that's, that's very tough. And some difficult decisions are being made on a daily basis by healthcare workers in Gaza about you know, what can we do and who has the best chance of surviving. Tell me a story about that. You know, I, I'll give you this story. It was probably 1 a.m. Um, we're in the hospital. There, you hear this very loud explosion take place. In fact, you know, I'm in the emergency department. Once you hear that explosion, there's like this blast wave that comes through you. Your ears close and it kind of hits you in the chest. About 15 minutes later, we get around 12 people coming into the emergency department, and there were three young girls, probably between the age of 10 and 15. And I remember all of them had arrived, and unfortunately, there was nothing that we could do. They they had been killed. And I remember the father, because the way that it works, at least in Gaza, is there's no ambulance drivers that are really able to access these areas. It's the families that are bringing in the patients. And I remember the father of one of the children just begging me to do something. He said, it's only been five minutes. It's only been five minutes. Please, is there anything you can do? And I couldn't even look at him in the face, to be honest with you. I could not tell him kind of what had happened. Um, And that's, you know, that's the sort of horror that's been going on for the last four months. It's just families completely being, uh, you know, uh, separated and many of them losing family members. Um, and that's, uh, you know, for for somebody like me who's in Chicago, who works at a trauma center, who has dealt with gang violence and gunshot wounds, um, this is nothing, this is orders of magnitude higher in terms of the level of trauma that you're seeing and experiencing. And so um, that's having those conversations every single day with different fathers and mothers or 
or uh, or children who've lost parents, that was the struggle. I mean, that's just not something that I think anybody is prepared for. Dr. Thayer Ahmad is a physician from Advocate Christ Hospital. I'm glad you had the opportunity to go there. Lucky us to have your services here. And we have to end this conversation now, doctor, but what do you want Chicagoans to hear today? You know, I think the numbers can be overwhelming and they can be staggering. I want to remind everybody that, you know, the people in the Gaza Strip have dreams. Uh, The children there want to grow up and become doctors and engineers, and they want a chance at life. And right now, it seems like every part of life in Gaza is under attack. And so kids want to go to school and the parents want to work and people want a chance to travel the world. So uh, just consider them and think about their stories and help share their stories with friends, colleagues, and coworkers. That's, that's I think, the best thing that we can do is humanize them. Dr. Ahmad, thanks for your time today. Thank you for the opportunity.